better to light your cigars. problem is it's harder so it's late night but y'all already know how we do hit the links in the chat room um, if you have a question you want me to read out loud, put that shit in the super chat. If you have a statement that you want me to read out loud, put that in the super chat as well. You know, earlier today. I wanted to go to the cigar shop. You know, there's one here in Raleigh that's on um, it's on Glenwood Avenue. And I wanted to get I wanted to get a humidor. I wanted to get a humidor so I had to keep going to the uh, cigar shop that often. You know, I could just buy all of the cigars I need and keep them storming the humidor, right? So, I go to the cigar shop, you know, and I'm talking to the guy, and I'm looking at the humidors or whatever, and I found a really nice one. I'll post it on the, I'll post it on the thing so you guys can actually see it. I'll post it in the, um, in the community tab, the community tab, you feel me? But I walk into this cigar shop. You know, me and my girl go to the cigar shop. I walk in, and the moment that I walk in, that that glorious smell of hand-rolled cigars just boom. And I, I love that fucking smell. I love it. And I'm going to tell you the reason why I love it. That smell transports me back to my childhood. My uncles, who are in my grandmother's generation, these are my grandmother's brothers. There was two of them that I remember, who, well, there was a few of them, but there were two that I remember specifically that smoked cigars, right? So the moment I walk in there, I instantly get this feeling of nostalgia, right? The feeling that I get, I'm instantly transported to Detroit, Michigan, right? So Detroit, Michigan, my uncle had an office, right, in his house. He had an office. And 
this office would smell like cigars, right? And the reason why this is so profound to me is because if you ever watch the Cosby show, you watch the Huxtables. My uncle had a household like the Huxtables. You feel me? Like real shit, like all joking aside. When I watched the Cosby show, you know, it reminded me of my uncle's household. Only difference is, instead of having a Claire Huxtable, he had a white wife. His wife was white, right? She was a nurse. And instead of having a dad that's kind of meek and doesn't really talk shit like Cliff Huxtable, no, this man talked pure shit, cursed a lot. But he was what you would consider like a conservative black man, right? Definitely a go-getter, definitely a patriarch. In fact, his son right now, um, one of his sons is an engineer, worked at NASA, worked at Lockheed Martin, all of that shit. This uncle sticks out to me because he was super strict. He was super strict. He was, he was, when we talk about what men are supposed to be, right? We talk about what men are supposed to be. We're talking about a guy like this. And this particular uncle of mine, you know, just about everybody in the family looked up to him. And, you know, he had a younger brother, right? He had a younger brother. And his younger brother smoked cigars too. And he was just like him, similar to him. So every time I go into a cigar shop and that smell hits me in my face, it, it reminds me of my uncles. It reminds me of how they operated. It reminds me of the values they had. It reminds me of a different type of black people, right? Black people that's about something. Black people that actually want something out of life. Black people that actually took pride in values, took pride in being, you know, black people, but they weren't the stereotypical black people. They weren't black people that engaged in foolishness openly. You feel me? I was thinking about my uncles and I came, you know, I came back to the house and I'm sitting there going through social media. I'm going through Facebook and shit. And I see a video. And in this video is a video that's a, that's like a, um, a security camera video, right?
it looked like it's in a mall or something like that. There's a, there's a white lady sitting in a chair, and she's facing this way. It's like she's, you know, at a food court or something like that. And this black woman walks up, and she's got three children with her, three small children. And one of the children kneels down, and I'm trying to figure out what she's doing. I'm trying to figure out what she's doing, right? Who's smoking it wrong? How am I supposed to be smoking it? Who's smoking it wrong? What am I supposed to smoke the fire in? Go ahead. I'm waiting for you to answer that question since you want to interrupt my story. Drew Bless said, much love, big dog, keep pushing. Appreciate it. So, back to my story. So, the black lady's standing there. And she looks like she's on her phone doing something. And the three children are just standing right there for her. And one of the children kneels down. And I'm trying to figure out what she's doing. Now, the lady, this, the white lady that's sitting in the chair, facing the other direction, has a bag sitting on the floor next to her. The little girl reaches under the chair and grabs the bag. Now, her mother's watching her while she's doing this. Her mother is fully aware that she's doing this because while she's standing there on her phone, she keeps looking back as if she's waiting for her. So all of a sudden, the girl gets the bag. The lady grabs one of her children by the hand and they walk the fuck off. And I'm sitting here, Flavor Genuine, appreciate you. He said, this is for the angry man nation, one love. So I'm looking at this, I'm thinking to myself, her mother trained her to do that. Her mother trained her to do that. Now here's my question. And the whole reason I bring up my uncles is because if you look at my uncles, my uncles come from the greatest generation. When I was looking at that video today, I was thinking to myself, look at how far we have fallen just in the past couple of generations. Look at how low we are. And you know, if I really wanted to, I could go on YouTube, 
I could go on Facebook, I could go on Instagram, and I can scroll, and I could find plenty more examples of something like that. Plenty more examples, usually perpetuated by the women. So, how are we supposed to save the community when that type of behavior is not only condoned, but encouraged? How? How, how are we supposed to, how are we supposed to fix the black community when you know if, if I were to say yo I seen a video where a little kid stole a purse at the behest of her own mother and the moment I say it I'm attacked from all angles how are we supposed to fix that Somebody explain it to me. How are we supposed to fix anything? Wolf and Beta Clothes, he said, late night donation, appreciate you. How are we supposed to fix anything? Because, you know, here on YouTube, we always talk about what black men should do, right? We are, we're always talking about what the men should do. We're always talking about the fact that men should uh, lead, right? Well, real men would lead. You know, we have to hear that all the time. Devin Mitchell, appreciate you. He said the answer is more men need to fight for custody of the, their children. I fought and got custody of my daughter, and I'm glad I did it. Hey, Amen. Shout, shout out to you, brother. Congratulations. We, You're right. Black men do need to fight for custody of their children. They do. That is that is a definite fact. Black Zeus, appreciate you. Like, that's a serious question. Because I'd really like to know. You know, when I was 19... I used to read all of these conscious books. I used to be around brothers that was what you would call conscious. And when I was around those brothers, appreciate you, Black Zeus. When I was around those brothers, I really felt like there was hope for black people. You know, after all, I did grow up around men from the greatest generation. I did grow up around upwardly mobile black men. I didn't grow up around sorry black men. Sure, there were black men that I knew of that didn't do what they were supposed to do, but they were few and far between. Most of the men that I saw were married, were husbands, worked hard, were homeowners. So I didn't think it would be that difficult. 
But during Gen X, during my lifetime, I watched as it all just went to shit. Like literally. It all just went to shit. Like there's no other way to fucking explain it. And, and I can tell you when it happened. I can tell you exactly when it happened. Dollar Washer said, night marauding, appreciate you. I can tell you exactly when it happened. I'll never forget it. I was in high school and there was a girl that I went to high school with. Appreciate the cash app. There was a girl that I went to high school with and one day we found out that she was pregnant. She was pregnant at 13 years old. 13 years old, pregnant, right? Now I remember thinking to myself, wow, pregnant at 13? Now keep in mind, you know, I was the same age as her. I hadn't even had sex yet. You feel me? I hadn't even had sex yet. But here she was at 13 years old, pregnant. And I remember everybody, because she went to, she went to my, the church that I went to as well. She was, uh, what the hell is going on with the lights? Why is the lights flickering? Hope that storm ain't messing with the power. But, um, like, I remember everybody, like, was talking about it. Like, everybody was going in on it. You know, everybody was talking about this girl that was pregnant at 13. And what I remember is I remember the women from my grandmother's generation being outraged. You know, I remember hearing my grandmother having conversations with other women that was in her age bracket saying, Lord have mercy. You know, that child is a child herself. How's she going to raise that uh, child? She's a child herself. I remember that. But you know what else I remember? You know what else I remember about that? I remember the women from my father's generation, the women who were Gen Xers. I remember them not being outraged or phased by it. It was like they didn't even care. I remember that. I remember my grandmother's generation being upset about it, but I remember the boomer generation of women not really giving a shit. Now, my uncle, 
the one that I was talking about that, you know, had the office that smelt like cigars. He was the patriarch of, you know, his family. And he had raised his children. But there was a situation that happened where some of his grandchildren, you know, had to live with him. So that's why I said his house was like the Huxtable household. Because if you remember on the Cosby show, you know, they never could get the kids out of the house. You feel me? First it would be their kids and then it'd be grandkids. They, they could never get the kids out of the house. But I remember, you know, he was also raising my cousins, which was his grandchildren. And one of the girls had gotten pregnant, right? He didn't know about it. Nobody knew about it because she hid it. She hid it because she knew she would get in trouble, right? And you know, there's a little story they tell about it. I'm not gonna tell the story, it gives away too much. But um, I remember when they finally found out she was pregnant was when she actually was getting ready to give birth to the child. After she gave birth to the child, you know what my uncle did? My uncle said, now you need to get a job and you need to get a place to stay because if you're going to act like if you're going to act and behave like an adult then you are going to have to be accountable like an adult now why is it so difficult in this day and age or you know well not really this day and age because teen pregnancy is down but for my generation why was it so difficult for other parents to operate that way or even better yet why is it so difficult for black people to hold other black people accountable. Last night, I was on a panel, right? Damn, this is a good ass cigar. So I was on a panel last night and while I was on that panel, There were a lot of people talking. We were talking about what men want, you know, what men value in women. And as always, I was adding my two cents, trying to contribute to the panel. And one of the 
while I was talking or trying to talk, one of the women, y'all know who I'm talking about, one of the women that was on the panel proceeded to talk over me. Now, that's not the first time she's done that. And from what I understand earlier on that panel, she did it to two other individuals. She did it to Kevin Samuels. She did it to Obsidian. I've heard she's done it on other panels to other guys. And at one point, you feel me? At one point, another woman started talking. And she didn't talk over her. So basically, you know, I was trying to talk and this one woman was talking over me. You know, and even though she heard me talking, she just kept going. She just powered through it. Like, I'm just going to talk over him. I'm just going to keep going. I don't care if he was talking. And at one point she was talking. And another woman interrupted her, interjected, right? And the moment that woman interjected, she immediately stopped talking. Now, you know how I am. I called it out. I said, wait a minute. So you mean to tell me if I'm talking, you're going to keep talking, right? You're going to keep talking. And I'm going to tell you the truth. It's gotten to the point now where I feel like, you know what? I'm not even going to get on these panels anymore. I'm not. I'm, I'm going to take Alpha Male Strategies advice. And I'm not going to get on these panels anymore. Now, there's a panel coming up. Uh, I think on the 16th, I'm supposed to be on a panel with Obsidian and O'Shea. I've already agreed to that, so I'm going to get on that panel. And I think it's only going to be us three on there. You feel what I'm saying? So I'm I'm still going to get on that panel, right? But other than that, I don't think I'm going to get on these panels anymore. Because when I pointed it out, when I when I pointed this out, right? I said, yo, I see what the deal is with you. When I was talking, or when I interjected, you talked over me. But when the other lady interjected, you stopped talking. That lets me know that you know what you're doing. Because you're only doing it to the guys. You're not doing it to the women. You're over-talking the guys, but you're not over-talking the women. She said flat out. Well, angry man, the reason why I'm talking to you is because the reason why I'm talking over you is because I don't respect you. Like she just said it flat out. Now, anybody with even a modicum of intelligence will know that if you're admitting that the reason you're talking over me is because you don't respect me, then that means every single person that you've ever talked over is somebody that you don't respect, right? Now, once she said that she didn't respect me, I went all the way in. I said, well, fuck you then. Go fuck yourself. How about that? 
Go fuck yourself. Go, go to that wall that you have hit and walk into it face first. That's what I said to him. Well, you're yelling in it. I said, I don't really give a fuck anymore. Because once you stated that you don't have any respect for me, I damn sure ain't gonna have no respect for you. So you can go fuck yourself. And now you can stop talking to me. There's other people on the panel. Talk to them. Don't talk to me. Right? So when I said that, she left the panel shortly after. And ever since then, anybody that was on that panel, anybody that has seen that, there has been two things that have been occurring. The men have been pointing it out, saying that, okay, that was disrespectful. Okay, she was wrong for that. Why is she allowed to do that? That's, that's what the guys have been saying, right? That's what the guys were saying. Do you know what the women were saying? Every time we asked any of the women that were on the panel, what do you think of her doing that? Well, I don't really know what to think. You know, the little exchange between her and Angry Man, you know, I don't really know what's behind all of that. I don't really, you know, hum, hum, ha, hum, all this old bullshit. All this old bullshit. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, if I would have did that, no one would have had a problem with saying that I was wrong. Not a single soul would have had a problem with saying, hey, angry man, you know you was wrong about that. And in most cases, when you catch me in the wrong, I'll be like, you know what? You're right. My bad. I apologize. How many times? Press one in the chat room. If you have heard the angry man on numerous time, on numerous occasions, take ownership of something I did incorrectly and then clearly stated I apologize now the reason why I do that the reason why you have heard me do that is because the way I was raised, if you do something wrong, you are accountable to it. And everybody knows since day one, since I've been on YouTube, if I do something wrong and I have a self-reflective moment, I'm going to apologize for it. Why? Because I am a man. I am a grown man. And if I do something wrong, I have no problem admitting it. But what I would like to know is why is it in the community 
why is it holding black women accountable is like a blasphemous act? Why is that? And if holding black women accountable is a blasphemous act, how will we ever fix the community? Especially considering that the women are the ones who pass down culture. The women are the first teachers. The women are the ones who are raising the children. Is it any wonder that the children aren't accountable? Is it any wonder that we can't reach them? Is it any wonder that they operate the way they operate? I mean, the level of hypocrisy is absolutely, utterly fucking ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. Utters, utterly ridiculous. Why is it ridiculous? It's ridiculous because we can be on those same panels and the consensus across the board will be, oh, well, the reason that the community, that the communita is in the situation it's in is because you men are failing to lead. How can we lead if you don't respect us? I've been on my channel holding men accountable for ever. Obsidian's been on his channel holding men accountable. All of us have been on our channels holding men accountable. All of us. All of us have been on our respective panels holding men accountable. you know what our reward for that is? Our reward for that is false flagging campaigns. You see? Our reward for that is ridicule. Our reward for that is accusations. Our reward for that is to be treated like children. See, I have a problem with that. I have a problem with anybody treating me like a child. Why do I have a problem with that? I have a problem with that because I am a 40-year-old adult male. And I have way too many responsibilities, way too many bills that I pay. Not only mine, but other people's as well. Because I'm basically the patriarch of my family. I have too much responsibility to be talked to like a child. Okay? Way too much. And most of these women are in households where there's a guy like me somewhere in the vicinity that's paying for 
for everything. There's a guy like me in the vicinity somewhere, if they're with a man, that's paying for shit, that's their protection, that's who they look to for fucking leadership. So now you can see why last week or the week before last, I just started going in where I said, you know, I am sick of them. I'm sick and tired of them. But more than anything, I'm sick of the bullshit. I'm sick of the scapegoating. I'm sick of them not taking responsibility for their actions. And then always trying to figure out some kind of way to pass the buck to us. Always trying to figure out some kind of way to uh, always trying to figure out some kind of way to make everything our fault. crazy shit is my uncle that I was talking about that had his Huxtable style household that had his office he had an office he had a nice desk he had a library books a great man when I smell these cigars and it transports me back to my childhood and I look at those examples of men I think to myself what a glorious thing it would have been to be a man in their era how glorious would it have been now the one thing I will say is my uncle you know, he had a couple of wives that were black women before he ended up with his last wife. And I honestly wish that he was here today so I could ask him. Because now I'm at the age where I could ask him without it being disrespectful. I would ask him, what made you hop the fence? What made you decide I'm not doing it anymore. And I'm not saying that I'm hopping the fence. I have a woman that respects me. You know, I don't have to deal with that foolishness. I only deal with the foolishness. Appreciate you, Jeremy Sears. I only deal with the foolishness when I come on YouTube. And when I'm on those panels, I oftentimes think to myself, like, I've eliminated black female fuckery from my life. I've eliminated it. it. It does not exist. I appreciate you. Appreciate you, schizo madcap. I've eliminated from my life. 
So, you know, I don't deal with the like me and my me and my children's mother. We don't go back and forth anymore. We don't, because really, there's no need to. Two of my sons are already here with me. The third will probably live be living with me permanently soon enough. So most of our interactions are cordial. And I'm telling every last one of you guys that, that's watching this, you know the main reason why I don't deal with black female fuckery anymore? Aside from the fact that I refuse to go back and forth? It's because I... It's because I no longer, I'm no longer struggling. In other words, I, I can pay the cost to be the boss. That's the biggest thing. Make no mistake about it. That is the biggest thing. When you're able to pay for shit, people shut up. That's real shit. When you're able to pay for shit, people shut up. Not only do they shut up, but you can tell them to shut up. Because the money is what keeps them in check. And the thought of losing the support, the thought of losing the ability to come to you is enough to keep them from operating a certain way. So I've eliminated it. Like I've eliminated it from my life. Point blank period. See, stop misdirecting. Crystal said, Crystal Mendoza said, stop misdirecting your anger against one another. Black man slash black woman, etc. We are dealing with symptoms and not the core problems. Here we go with that bullshit again. Um, the core problem, sweetheart, is you. And the reason why it continues to go on is because every single time we point out the fact that the core problem is you, you start speaking French. We, we, we. It's we. It's not we. It's not we. It's not we. You know why it's not we? Because, like I just got through saying, I don't have any of those problems in my life. I only have those problems when I come onto YouTube and I get on a panel. That's the only time I have those problems. That is the only time I have those problems. It's the only time. And I had to ask myself, I said, why... Wait a minute, now that I've actually paid the cost to be the boss, now that I actually have eliminated BFF from my life, why am I going on panels and dealing with it again? Why am I doing that? Like, I literally could have my channel like I have it right now. I could get up here. I could school young black men on manhood. On the things that black men need to do. You understand? I can tell black men about the pitfalls. Okay? 
to avoid. I can explain and break down BFF without ever interacting with some hard-headed chick that refuses to listen and acquiesce to male leadership. Like, honestly, I'm starting to, let's see, are all three boys from one woman? Yes. All three of my boys are from one woman that was a 10-year relationship that was considered a common-law marriage. Uh-oh, you you thought you thought my children were going to be by a bunch of different women. Maybe you didn't hear the beginning of the story where I explained to you the type of men I grew up around. Maybe you didn't hear the beginning of the story where I broke down the examples I had in my life. Maybe you didn't hear that. All of my children are about one woman. And I don't have any other children running around. Does that answer your question? And the children that I have live with me. There's only one that lives with their mother. And he happens to be in there right now. Because he's here for the summer. And probably next year, he'll probably be here permanently. Do you have any other questions before I continue with my soliloquy? You have any other questions? fact if you do if you do have any other questions if you do have any other questions please direct those questions to the super chat if you have any other questions please direct those questions to the super chat why should they listen to you why should they listen to who why should who listen to me why should who listen to me Nobody banned that person. I want to I wanna answer. What makes you an expert? I'm not an expert, and you don't have to listen to me. My question is, why are you listening, listening to me? That's my question. My question is, why are you listening to me right now? It's 1.50 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Sounds like you are a superior head. Well, that sounds like an opinion. Sounds like your opinion. Sounds like your opinion. So I'm going to ask you again. Since you're asking me questions and I'm answering them, I'm going to ask you the question again. And I would like for you to answer the question because I like my questions answered. Okay? Why are you listening to me right now? Arthur Wall, please do not, please refrain from talking about people's sexuality in the chat room. If you do that again, you will be booted. 
interested in people on platforms that have a bad attitude. I have a bad attitude? How do I have a bad attitude? Yes, yeah, nothing against you, Arthur Wall, but you know how sensitive they are. You know how sensitive YouTube is when you start talking about, uh, don't ban Arthur Wall, you guys. Don't ban Arthur Wall. He just didn't know. You, you know how sensitive YouTube is when it comes to the gender politics and things of that nature. But how do I have a bad attitude, Joseph? Please explain to me how I have a bad attitude. I would love to know. I would love to know. I would love to know your answer. How do I have a bad attitude? Okay, Walter H., cool. How do I have a bad attitude? Joseph, please, please explain to me. Please explain to me how I have a bad attitude, Joseph. Joseph. It's a really nice night out. You know, right after it rains, the temperature, you know, temperature is just right. You know, the breeze, all of that good stuff. I know they're trolling. That's why I dress them like that. I feel it's important to move forward. It's 2019 and all should get along. That didn't really answer my question. But I tell you what I will do. I tell you what I will do. What I will do is I will explain to you why people listen to me. The reason people listen to me is because I give phenomenal advice the reason people listen to me is because i am a 40 year old man who has been in long-term relationships since i was 19 years old i have went through single motherism because the woman that i had children by was a single mother the woman that i'm currently engaged to was a single mother i've seen all types of bff I've dealt with all types of BFF, okay? Do you see what I'm saying? That's why people listen to me, because I have what is called experience, which translates into wisdom when you are an intelligent person. In fact, some of my points have been so prolific that I even have... PhD scholars quoting me.
Shout out to Dr. T. Hassan Johnson. Also, I have endless emails from young men. Endless emails from young men. You understand what I'm saying? Who tell me quite often how my channel has helped them, how my advice has helped them. There was even an individual recently that put a post on Twitter explaining that if it were not for me and other individuals in the black manosphere, he would have committed suicide. And he basically said that he would like to thank us because we saved his life. That's why people listen to me. That's why people listen to me. I have thousands of videos archived because of the simple fact that I go live in most cases twice a day. And every single time I have went live, I have yet to fail in providing something of value. This is why there is currently 200 and some people watching me in the middle of the night. Including you, I might add. Does that answer your question? I feel black people are equal and created equal by God. Try to get along. Teach others to get along. <laughs> See, the thing about that, life is a little more complicated than that, my friend. Life cannot be summed up or solved with a Hallmark card greeting. While your quaint little saying that you just said is really nice and would work in a utopia it actually doesn't hold water in the real world. Because the truth of the matter is, people are never going to just get along. There is always going to be conflict. And the reason why there is always going to be conflict is because we all have our own minds. We all have our own little universe that is spinning around in each of our heads. And sometimes those universes collide and they don't always agree with one another. Like, you're not agreeing with me right now. The funny thing is, you proclaimed that we all should get along, but you came in here questioning my credibility, which means you disagree with me, which means you don't like the fact. You even said something about my name. If you knew the story behind my name, you would know why I call myself the angry man. Actually, I don't call myself the angry man. It was a name given to me by a friend of mine who is now deceased. May he rest in peace. And the reason why he started calling me the angry man is because whenever I saw injustice, whenever I saw men being treated a certain way, whenever I saw the uh, foul practices of gynocentrism, feminism, and all of the misandry that you see today, I would get up on my soapbox and speak about it. And I spoke about it in a very passionate way. So one day my friend says to me, he said, hey, Valdez, you the angry man. 
Every time you see something that is an injustice, you get on your soapbox and you go ham. You're the angry man, right? And based on what my friends started to call me, the nickname stuck. And when I decided to create my channel, I found it fitting, considering the fact that the reason I began to be called that was because I was defending black men. Since I was defending black men and since my channel is about defending black men, what better name than to call my channel the Angry Man Channel? Especially considering the fact that that name symbolizes the fact that I'm speaking for every single angry man in the world that is tired of being the scapegoat, that is tired of being a sin eater, that is tired of being the uh, uh, sacrificial lamb, so to speak. That's why my name is The Angry Man. That's why I named my channel The Angry Man Channel. I didn't name it The Angry Man Channel because I'm, oh, I'm always fucking angry. In fact, the majority of my live streams, I'm quite calm, quite intellectual. So I'm sorry, you came in here barking up the wrong tree, and now you look like a total jackass. Do you have any other questions you would like to ask me this evening? Or better yet, this morning? Any other questions? Wow, boo-hoo, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, feel sorry for you. Why should I? That's my opinion. Uh, somebody do me a favor and go ahead and boot him out of here. Thank you very much. And just in case you're wondering, Joseph... You have properly been served. I served your ass so hard, it, I made it rain out this motherfucker. And most of y'all are like, yo, why would you even give him that attention? Most of you are like, why would you give him that attention? Why, why would you even do that? Because him coming in here saying that, him coming in here operating that way, guess, guess what that is? That is proof positive of what I'm talking about tonight.
we can't save the community. And the reason we can't save the community is because of individuals like that. Contrarian individuals who have absolutely no desire to fix anything. They just want to be the man. So if they come into a panel or a chat room like this and they see me speaking and holding court and individuals actually listening to me, they immediately become envious and filled with anger and rage. Why are they listening to him? They should be listening to me. And so they immediately go into the chat room and start making statements to try to get attention. You see? And it has absolutely nothing to do with no type of morality. It has absolutely nothing to do with any type of concern for the community. It is just simply a way for them to satisfy their own egotistical needs. That's all it is. They want the clout, but they don't want to put the work in for it. Because guess what? If he really didn't agree with what I was saying and he really didn't agree with me, then what he would do is he would go and make his own channel and put his thoughts out there for the world to hear. And then allow the world to be the judge of his thoughts. Now, I don't really toot my own horn and I don't really go in about that all the time. But this thing we call the black manosphere, I am one of the founding fathers of it. The reason that black men have media right now is due partly is partly due to my efforts. It's lightning now. Cannot play with the elements and take my butt in the house. We're going to continue this inside, guys. Unless I should just shut it down. Should we continue this inside? Or should I shut it down? Should we continue it inside? Okay, we'll continue it inside. Okay, Not leave that out here. Cost too much money. Why are you not sleeping in the room with your brothers? Hmm? Because you're watching TV? Set this up. Put 
that right there. You guys give me a second, I'll be right back. The rest of my stuff. Turn it down a little bit, please. I don't want to get no copyright. You hear me? Yeah. Uh, when you plan on doing it? Hey. When do you plan on doing it? What? But in the meantime, turn that down. Turn the light on. We're going to keep the mood. 
right where it's at. Get this tripod right. Okay, there we go. you guys y'all chill out with the if if the person isn't doing anything don't time them out or ban them please thank you i don't really want to get a shitload of emails so To speak to the little incident that just happened, I'm glad stuff like that happens. I am truly glad that things like that happen because it is confirmation of what I look. Anybody knows with age comes wisdom okay and certain things that may not have been clear to you before become clear and one of the main things that has become painfully obvious to me is that there is no saving the black community there is no saving the community you can't do it you cannot do it you can't. You can't. Now, why can't you? Why can't you save the community? You can't save it because you got too much opposition. You got too much opposition. You got too many people that like it just the way it is. They like the foolishness. They love it. They love the discord. And the funny thing about it is they hide behind uh, righteousness. You understand me? They hide behind righteousness. They hide behind, they pretend like they have the community's best interest in mind. Like you saw how he came over here and the first thing he did, if anybody was paying attention to the little comments he was making in the chat room, what part of those comments were not argumentative? something like what, what part of those statements in the chat room were not argumentative somebody please explain that to me y'all saw his energy the moment he came in here and see this is what this is the cute thing that a lot of people do the cute thing that a lot of people do is they think just because they say something uh, appreciate you crew they, they think because you say something in a uh, articulate, calm, rational manner that that means they're, they're being polite or they're being intellectual or, or they're not basically cursing you out in between, you know, I know how to read between the lines. I know how to read between the lines, you know? Because I, I can do that. I can sit there and talk to somebody. It's called being condescending. I can talk to somebody in a very condescending way 
and be insulting the shit out of them without using any curse words, without using any ad hominem attacks. But the funny thing is, you know, a lot of these individuals, they come on here, they come, come into my chat room with this smug attitude and they pretend like and you, you're the problem. They pretend like I'm the problem. I'm not the problem. I'm the solution. Whether you know it or not. I'm the solution because what I stand for and what I believe in, I'm, I'm not going to compromise that for anybody. This is why if you notice whenever I am on those panels and certain things pop up or certain things come up, I'm going to address it. I'm going to call it out for what it is. This is the main reason why, look, you, you guys got to pay attention to what goes on. See, it's, it's very easy for people to say, oh, he's the angry man. So because that's my moniker, because that's my nickname, all of a sudden that means that's supposed to discredit me somehow. Right? They see me on my channel going ham, going berserk, and it's like, oh, your temperament. So my temperament becomes the excuse. But here's my question. How many times have you guys seen me ask women to come to my channel to debate me and when they did those that actually did come on to my panel if they did come on to a manosphere mania to go back and forth with me to have a discussion with me was i disrespectful to them was i screaming at them see the reason why i'm so dangerous is not because i'm screaming and yelling anybody can do that the reason why i'm dangerous is because i ask the right questions the questions that they often don't have an answer for. They don't have an answer for it. That's why they don't like me. That's why they get angry. That's why they get angry. Because they can't, they cannot defeat the logic. They can't defeat the logic. Obsidian does the same thing. He does the same thing. They can't defeat the logic. Hey, appreciate your crew. I appreciate that compliment. But, you know, it, it's a new day. It's a new day. And I'm going to tell you why it's a new day. Because I'm going to stop being intellectually lazy. I'm going to stop being intellectually lazy. And I am going to stop. Yeah, that's right. For any of you who are watching me, I'm being intellectually lazy. Because I don't really have to resort to insults. I can break someone down with logic. I'm going to stop being intellectually lazy. And I'm going to stop dumbing myself down for the sake of more people wanting, more people being able to relate to me. Because I've done that long enough. Everybody who comes to my platform, you should know what I'm about by now. You should know how I operate by now. You feel me? So, so now it's, it's gotten to the point where now it, it is literally time for me to really 
present the arguments. It is, it is time for me to really present the questions and the narratives that we really deal with on a daily basis that cannot be refuted, cannot be denied, cannot be ignored, cannot be scapegoated. Because the questions that I'm ask, asking, they can't be answered. How can you repair the community when individuals not only don't want to help you repair it, but they are hindering you from repairing it? In other words, let's say for argument's sake that you have an apartment. Let's say that in that apartment, you go through and you inspect the apartment because when you you know when you get an apartment the first day you have to inspect it and you have to write down everything that you see wrong so let's say you go into the apartment you inspect the apartment and you notice that there's something wrong with the plumbing it's not working properly it's leaking the pipes are messed up and you you go down to the um, um, office you go down to your apartment complex office and you say hey there's a problem with the plumbing in that apartment Right. So they send the maintenance man down to fix it. And when he knocks on the door, you don't want to let him in. So he continues to knock on the door. He comes back the next day, the day after that, the day after that. And finally, you decide to let him in. What do you want? Uh, you said that there was something wrong with the pipes. I'm here to fix them. I don't want you to fix them. There's nothing wrong with them. Pipes are okay. You said there was something wrong with him. Well, there, there's nothing wrong with him. So the maintenance man leaves out. The next day, I go back down to the office. Man, you know what? Something really need to be done about these pipes in these apartments. Wait a minute. You said there was nothing wrong with the pipes. Well, there is something wrong with the pipes. Because every time I get ready to go and get some water or something, there's an issue. So the next time the guy comes, he comes into the apartment, you know, you finally, you let him in, you go through the same routine again. He comes into the apartment. This time you let him in, this time you even let him look at the pipes. But while he's looking at the pipes, you take the tools that he has, because he lays his toolbox and his tool belt down, and he goes up under the sink to look at the pipes, and you pick up the tool belt in the, in, the, in the toolbox and you go out to the balcony and you throw it off the balcony. He's still under there. He doesn't know what's going on. So then he comes out and he's like, oh, I figured out what it is. All I got to do is this, 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 and this. He goes to reach for the tool belt in the box and it's gone. And he says, uh, my tool belt in my box, my toolbox was sitting right here. What happened to it? I don't know. I don't know what happened to it. Now, I know that may seem completely ridiculous. That entire analogy seems like, why would anybody do that? But that is a perfect analogy for the black community. Everybody looks around. They know something is wrong. In fact, they complain about all of the issues in the black community. They say, we need help. Why won't anyone help us? Then all of a sudden, 
Somebody comes along just like that maintenance man. Tries to come into the community. They don't want to let him in the community. What do you want? What do you want here? You don't belong around here. Well, I heard that there was a problem here, so I'm trying to come to provide a solution. We don't need your solution. But you were just complaining. You know, kind of like how black people complain about the fact that we're not able to tap into wealth and the black people that get rich and move away don't give a damn about us. They move away, they make all of their millions of dollars, and then they live in other communities and they don't want to help the community. We complain about that. But then when somebody like Robert F. Smith, a billionaire, pays off $400 million in student loans so that the graduates of Howard University can go out here and be prosperous, what do we do? We talk shit about it. We say that he's not pro-black. He's fixing the plumbing, but we're sitting around talking about that ain't no real plumber. Why not? He's fixing it. Well, he ain't a real plumber because he got a white wife. Right? How does that make sense? How does it make sense? But that's what, that's what the black community is. It's a, it's a self-perpetuating vehicle of fuckery with a never-ending fuel supply. That's what it is. That's what it is. This is why you can go on social media right now and you can find all brands of fuckery. How much excellence do you find on social media? Let's be honest. If you go on Facebook right now, are you going to find um are you going to find videos of young boys uh showing the achievements they've accomplished? Are you going to find photos of families, intact family units? You know, the man, the wife, the children in a respectful portrait. Are you going to find videos of black people helping other black people in their community? Are you going to find photos of young black boys helping elderly women with their groceries? Are you going to find videos of black people cleaning up the community, like literally, you know, with the little poker stick and the thing and they're going around picking up the trash? Are you going to find statistics of black people um, going into the STEM field in droves? Or... Or are you going to find grown women fighting each other in the street? Or are you going to find videos of women twerking? Or worse, them filming their children twerking? Or are you going to find videos of 
um, younger black people fighting elderly people. Are you gonna feel? Are you gonna find videos of black folks in dilapidated neighborhoods engaging in some sort of foolishness? Tell me that I'm wrong. Please tell me I'm wrong. Please tell me. I, you know, you have any earthly idea how much? I would love to go to sleep tonight and wake up the next day and all of this, all of these issues that we have in the black community be some sort of lucid nightmare. I wake up tomorrow and there are no twerking videos. There are no videos of grown women fighting each other. Nicole Ali said, I'm late, but I hear you, angry man. 100. Appreciate you. Like, seriously. Wake up tomorrow and, and none of the foolishness that we see on a regular basis. And, and don't get it twisted. I'm not sitting here saying that other communities don't engage in foolishness. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. But the truth of the matter is, we have much more to lose. We have much more to lose. Much more to lose. And, and that is painfully obvious because we are witnessing the loss of it. How many of you, appreciate you, Uncle Buck, how many of you right now, how many of you can look back on your life? If you're 40 or older, how many of you can look back on your life and remember black communities? Just like I was saying earlier, about my uncle and um, the smell of this cigar reminded me of his office right he had a home in Detroit Michigan and even though Detroit has always had its reputation for being you know a bit of a rough city I can honestly remember when Detroit was a thriving black city. Do you understand that? I remember it. I remember playing on my uncle's block in every house was black families. I remember this. It wasn't a dream. It was part of my childhood. I remember it. I remember it. Now, to go to Detroit now and visit Detroit and drive down the blocks and see these boarded up houses, 
see this city be a, uh, a shell of its former self. It's painful. It's painful to watch. Or, or to go up to New York and look around New York and say, oh, they're building up. But guess what? It doesn't even matter because they're building. They, they've gentrified everything. Why is it the only way a neighborhood can be nice if it's, is, if it's another group of people living in it? Why? Why? Nicole Ali said, just left a high school graduation seeing that foolishness. The children shook their heads. They see the truth. But see, here's the funny thing about this. Here's the funny thing about all of this. Where's my, where's my eyeglass cleaner? Hold on, you guys, one second, because I got... Some of them, it's really annoying. There's the spray. Where the hell is the cloth? Okay, what's going on with my... Okay. My phone dying on me? Okay. That's better. That's what I'm talking about right there. Y'all see that? Y'all see that Monte Cristo? Monte Cristo White Series. Um... Any of you young black men that have not read the book, The Count of Monte Cristo, I would suggest that you read it. They have a movie about it, but it's better to read the book. Read the book, The Count of Monte Cristo. Crew said, we work for the fam. 
support your interests, no doubt. Why? Is my question. Why is it the only time we can have nice neighborhoods is if other people live in them? And for those of you that are wondering why I recommended that, I just thought about it because I'm sitting here looking at this uh, Monte Cristo cigar. Um, it's just a Dominican cigar. My opinion, Dominican cigars are the best. But um, the book, The Count of Monte Cristo, deals with manhood. It's one of the few books that really does. But um, definitely get that book and read it if you're a young man. But you have absolutely no idea how frustrating it is to me. Absolutely no earthly idea how frustrating it is to me to watch the same, appreciate you, Brandon, to watch the same narrative play out every time. Like, I promise you, like, after I do the panel, like, uh, they asked me to be a part of the big three panel, which is me, O'Shea, and Obsidian. I'm going to be part of that panel, but so far as getting on these other panels where there are multiple people, So far as getting on these panels where there are multiple people, I'm going to stop doing that. I'm going to stop doing that. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop because, you know, right now in that room is my fiance that I've been with on and off for Going on 12 years now. Going on 12 years now. And more than likely, me and her will probably be married soon. Now, why am I saying that? I'm saying that because we have gotten to a point where we see eye to eye. I don't deal with BFF with her. I don't. I don't. The, the disagreements that we have now are very small. And they do not turn into full-blown arguments anymore. So, I don't deal with black female fuckery in my life right now I don't I don't it, it is non-existent in my life the women in my life they do not give me these problems they don't okay the mother of my children 
doesn't give me any issues now. She did a few years ago, but not anymore. So I've eliminated that. And I've told you guys numerous times that when you deal with women that stress you out, that do things that are not conducive to a discussion or any sort of relationship, because there's numerous types of relationships. <clears throat> it causes issues. The stress causes issues. And lately, when I get on these panels and these women conduct themselves in these ways, and see, here's another thing you got to realize. A lot of these women who come on these panels, these are not married women. These are not women who are winning. Some of them are bitter. Some of them are upset because certain things didn't go the way they wanted them to go. And most of them, they've, they've dug a hole for themselves and they don't know how to get out of it. And as my uncle would always say, if you want to get out of a hole, the first thing you got to do is you got to stop digging. A lot of these women have not decided to stop digging. They're still digging. And they're wondering why they're in the hole. They're wondering why they're in this hole. Some of them even ask for help. Some of them, you know, they see you up there and they're in the bottom of the hole and they're asking you, help me. And you're yelling down the hole, stop digging. I got a rope, but the rope is only so long. You got to stop digging. Hell, you got to stop digging just to be able to grab the rope. But they don't. They just keep digging. Because they don't want to listen to you. They think they've got it figured out. They think, well... I've dug this far. I've invested this much. I don't need to be pulled out of here. I can just keep digging. Maybe I can reach China. By the way, that's a myth. You can't reach China. I don't care how much you dig. Eventually, you're going to hit bedrock. You know what bedrock is? If you know anything about drilling, you'll know that when you hit bedrock, you can't go no further. You got to stop. A drill isn't going to break through that shit. So a shovel definitely ain't going to break through it. So the same way when I was younger and I was dealing with certain types of women and I was having certain types of problems, I, I came to an epiphany. And the epiphany is, you know, when I was in those failing relationships and it was constant fuckery, constant foolishness, you know, at some point you come in, you come into a realization where you say, why am I even dealing with this? Why am I even here? I don't have to be. I don't have to be with this person. I don't have to deal with this foolishness. And, and when you come to that epiphany, Life becomes much better. 
Now, like I said before, I'm not dealing with that shit right now. So, yesterday after that exchange between me and you know who, and, you know, she flat out said, well, the reason why I'm talking over top of you is because I don't respect you. You know, I said to myself, why am I even on here? Why am I even, why am I even on this panel dealing with some other man's problem? Why? Why am I subjecting myself to this? I'm happy with my life. I don't have to deal with some screeching banshee that's not happy with theirs. Now, now most of you may say, well, wait a minute, angry man. How do you know they're not happy? I know they're not happy because of the way they're behaving on these panels. Happy woman doesn't do that. You see Nicole Ali in here right now, right? If you ever heard Nicole Ali on the panel, there's a reason why Nicole Ali speaks the way she speaks. There's a reason why she functions the way she functions. is because more than likely she's happy with her life. A woman, one thing I've learned is a woman that's happy with their life, they don't walk around spreading misery. It's only the women who are unhappy with their life. You know, it's the same thing with guys. Guys do the same thing. Guys do the same thing. If a guy is happy with his life, he's not going around spreading misery. But if he's unhappy, he's going to, he, you know, misery loves company. He's going to want other people to be unhappy. You feel me? Nicole Ali said, that's like, that's like going to an amusement park and waiting in line when you get the ticket in your pocket to skip that shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I like I really I really had to think about it. I really had to think about it because I didn't just I didn't just think about going on the panel and having to deal with women who have some sort of issue with men. Um in addition to that, I thought about all the trolls that bother me on a regular basis. You know, the trolls that come in here with the new accounts and they say stuff like, oh, angry man, your merchandise is whack. Your merchandise ain't moving. Right? This is another thing. I need to make some new designs for shirts and stuff. But they come in and they say that goofy shit. They say stuff like, oh, you broke, you a window shopper. It's all, oh, you, you struggling. Oh, you, you know, this, that, and third. All of these goofy things. And I said to myself, why the fuck do I even entertain that shit? Because like I've said before, I, I read psychology books for fun. You know, I don't have a psychology degree. I'm not a therapist. You know, I'm not in college. But I read those books anyway. I read, psych I read psychology books. I read philosophy books. I read books on uh, uh, self-improvement, finance. And what I've learned from the psychology books that I've read, you know, I could pretty much figure out why people troll, why people do that. Because they're missing something. They're missing something in their life, you know, that they refuse to acknowledge. 
They come here because it's an escape. They can pretend to be somebody they're not. And for a brief moment while they're on here running their mouth or spreading their vitriol and misery, they can escape their real life. They can pretend like it is. You have individuals that come on here and pretend like they're married, pretend like they're in a happy relationship, right? Pretend like, uh, you know, I'm good. Really? If, if you're good, then why do you feel the need to argue with the men on these platforms about dating, relationships, and things of that nature? Why, why do you feel the need to do that? And I'll tell you the other thing, too. You have ladies that come on to the panels and stuff, and they'll say, well, I'm in a relationship. I'm married or whatever. And this is what you notice. No matter how many times they've been on panels, for hours at a time, hours on end, you never once hear a man's voice in the background. You never once hear it. It could be in the afternoon. It could be six in the afternoon. You never hear these women say, uh, hey guys, um, it was great being on the panel with you guys, but I gotta go. I gotta go cook dinner for so-and-so. You don't hear that. Or it could be a Friday night or a Saturday night, and you know, you, you never hear the lady say, oh, um, hey guys, I gotta go. I'm going out with the hubby to a movie out to dinner. I mean, you watch Obsidian show on a regular basis and Obsidian will tell you, yeah, me and my lady friend last night, we went to this art gallery or yeah, we went to this or yeah, we went to that. You hear me say it all the time. Yeah, me and my lady went to go see such and such movie. Tomorrow we're going to see, uh, we're going to see a comedy show, right? There's been numerous times I've been on live streams or whatever. I'll be doing a live stream and she'll come in the door. And I'll be like, oh, hey, what you doing? When did you get off? But with these individuals, you, you never hear that. They're, they're in some sort of, you know, they're, they're in this world where they have some sort of imaginary mate that never, you, you never hear them in the background. Like, come on, man. Logically done said, histrionic personality disorder. Turner. Histrionic borderline personality disorder. You have a lot of them that have histrionic personality disorder. They have borderline personality disorder. A lot of them are man malignant narcissists. Because they display all of the traits of a malignant narcissist. You get into discussions and you're talking in general. And then all of a sudden the discussion becomes about them. Right? Makes my head hurt just thinking about it.
You know the crazy thing? The crazy thing is when I was a kid, I just wanted to be happy. That's it. I just wanted to be happy. That's all. That's it. That is all. I just wanted to be a happy person. I just wanted to live a happy life. A prosperous life. But I never thought in a million years that there would be this many broken, damaged people in the world. Never, never in a million years did, did I even think it was this far gone. Never. I never thought it would be this bad. Never. Like, it still shocks me to this day. Like, I'll hear somebody say something on the panel, and I'll be like, what in the, what in the hell? Or I'll see some troll that has dedicated an entire channel to trolling one person. And they will put the same amount of effort into that that a person puts into their career. And I say, what in the fuck? Like, how do you have time for that? Why would you, why would you make time for that? Life is short. You have a finite amount of time to accomplish the goals that you want to accomplish. To create a legacy or whatever it is you're trying to do. And you have a limited amount of energy. You have a limited amount of willpower. To ensure that you accomplish those goals on a daily basis. Now, you cannot divide that energy. You can't. If, if, if success, if the possibility of success is in column A. And being envious and hateful towards somebody that you don't like is column B. You can't take 50% of your energy and put it in column A and 50% of your energy and put it in column B. You can't be clever and say, well, you know what? This is what I'll do. I'll put 75% of my energy into column A and then I'll put 25% of my energy into column B. The reason why is because you need 100% of your energy in column A if you're ever going to succeed because column A is not success. It is the possibility of success. This is the possibility of success. Go read the 48 Laws of Power where it says you're not supposed to divide your energies. You find something, you find a point, you focus on that point 100%. You eat, sleep, breathe that shit. I eat, sleep, breathe my brand. I eat, sleep, breathe my business. And it was like that with every business that I had.
Every single business that I had, that's how I operated. And I've sat back and I've watched other people who focused on this person or focused on that person. And I'm going to tell you the truth. The reason why, one of the reasons, because there's numerous reasons, but one of the reasons why the black community, the community, remains in the state that it remains in is because a very high percentage of the people in the community they are not putting a hundred percent of their positive energy into column a for the purposes of trying to succeed and trying to accomplish their goals. What the majority of the people in the hood, in the community are doing, is they're putting all of their energy into column B. Let me hate on this person. This person just went and bought a Range Rover. Let me talk shit about that person. This person is over here making money. Let me talk about that person. This person over here is accomplishing this. Let me talk about that person. Let me let me hate that person. For some reason, people believe that if they spend their time and energy hating on other people and fucking being envious of people, somehow that is going to give them some sort of success. And it just does not fucking work that way. It doesn't. I've said it numerous times. But I may as well be talking to the wall. Would you guys like to see my humidor that I went and purchased? How many how many um, cigar uh, connoisseurs do I have on the channel right now? Would you guys like to see the humidor? This is a nice one. Really nice one. Really nice one. Oh shit, Kevin Samuels. Kevin got three of them joints. I've been wanting one for a while, but um, I didn't want to order one online. I, I actually found a cigar shop. Um, it's a little distance. It's a little ways away from where I live. But I said, I'm going to go out there because I know he's going to, you know, because the shop, the shop that I went to today, um, it's not only a uh, cigar shop, but they also have the little area in the back where you can go over there and you can hang out. You can hang out. You can smoke cigars. You know, it's a male space. I thought that was pretty awesome. You know, but hold on, let me go grab it. I'm I'm actually in the process of seasoning it, but I'll go grab it real quick. I'll be right back.
Okay, gentlemen and ladies, this is my humidor. It actually has the you actually this is what you know this is what you use to check the the temperature inside of it to make sure that the cigars stay fresh. It's actually got like a magnet on it. You feel me? In order to season it, you know, and it has like the little seal on it so when you close it, you know what I'm saying, it seals. But um, to season it, you have to use distilled water. Um, now, some people, what they say you have to do is, you know, they say you take distilled water and you, you say you take distilled water, you put it in a sponge, you squeeze all of the excess water out of the sponge, and then you wipe the inside of the wood with, uh, with the grain, you wipe with the grain. Now... I asked the guy at the cigar shop, should you do that? Now, if you go on YouTube, every video will tell you to do it that way. But he said that you shouldn't do it that way. And he said the reason why you shouldn't do it that way is because if you get too much water, if you get too much moisture inside of it, you could possibly warp the wood. So he said the best way to season the uh, humidor is to take like a little, um, to take like a little Tupperware bowl, fill it with some distilled water, sit, sit the Tupperware bowl inside of the humidor, close it and let it sit for a week. That's what he said. So... I'm going to be more inclined to take that advice because I definitely don't want to warp the wood. But basically, after it's finished, you know, the, the temperature should be somewhere between uh, 65 to 75 or something like that. So I'm going to put the distilled water in it and um, inside of a container because you don't want it to get, you know, and let it sit for a week before I, and once I've got it, because I've got, you know, I went, I wanted to go get some cigars. Um, I really like the Monte Cristo White Series. I like it because, I like these because they're smooth. They're not too abrasive. Uh, they kind of have like a little bit of a vanilla, a uh, little bit of a vanilla, nutty kind of uh, taste to it. So, so what purpose does it serve 
for your cigars. Well, basically, it keeps your cigars fresh. That's what it does. Like, if you've ever been in a cigar shop, you'll notice that they keep the cigars in a separate room. And they keep a certain amount of humidity in that room. Because, look, let's face it, if you go and buy cigars, depending upon which cigars you like, they're going to be really uh, expensive. Some cigars are $20 a cigar. So let's say now this this uh, humidor holds about 40. I think it holds about 40 cigars. So if you were to go, let's say for argument's sake, you were to go buy 40 cigars that cost you anywhere from $10 to $20. If you bought those cigars and you just left them sitting out or you just put them in a regular uh, container or something, they're, they're not going to be fresh. They're going to get hard. If you ever smoked a cigar that wasn't fresh, you, you'll know the difference between a cigar that's fresh and a cigar that, um, that has been sitting, okay? Now, depending on what type of cigars you get, the best cigars are not like... They have cigars that are made in a manufacturing thing where the, the freaking machines make them. But the best cigars are the ones that are hand-rolled, okay? That are hand-rolled. They're going to cost more. Like Kevin, he just said, Kevin said he had a he had a $40 stick today. And Kevin over there, Kevin bossed up over there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Kevin bossed up over there. And by the way, Kevin, um, I may have told you this before, my friend, but you were 100% right. You were 100% right when it comes to the whole thing about beefing and all of that goofy shit. I personally, I'm going to take not only your advice, but I'm going to take Alpha Male Strategies advice as well. Like, I'm going to limit, if not completely eliminate, going on other panels. Because I'm, I'm just like, that goofiness that happened last night, um, I had to ask myself, I said, look, I don't put up with that in my personal life, so why would I put up with that on a panel? Why would I get on a panel and subject that to me, to, to myself, you know? Um, Kevin said, weed lovers would love Ashton VSG Serious Buzz. The pardon... 1964 Maduro Opus X Robusto Monte Cristo number two torpedo. Yeah, these these actually give you a pretty good buzz too. These actually give you a pretty good buzz too. I had a I had a Monte Cristo uh, Platinum series the other day, and I didn't like it. I didn't like it. It was it was too much. It was a little too much. It was a little too much. It was a little too. It was a little too strong. It was a little too strong. So I was like, nah, I'm not gonna. Um, I'm not gonna get those anymore. But whether you guys know it or not, this is also a part of manhood. Now, not all guys are really going to be cigar connoisseurs, okay? 
But what you will find is when you have, uh, when you engage in certain hobbies, right? There are certain hobbies that certain men engage in that you can add to your repertoire. Being a cigar connoisseur is, or a cigar aficionado, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's one of them. And what I found is like when you start getting into certain hobbies that men do, um, the higher level that you go, uh, as far as men, you know, th there's a reason that everybody doesn't smoke cigars. The reason why is because it, it really is some boss shit. And the only reason I'm saying it's some bullshit is because you can't be a cigar connoisseur and be cheap. It It's impossible. You can't do that. You can't do that. It's the same thing with, look. Let's keep it real. Let's see, Kevin said, Platinums are Cameroon rapper. You like Connecticut shade, mild, sweet, and buttery. Try Dunhill for good Connecticut sticks. Okay. Cool, I'll try those. Behold said, I just hate smoking in general. Well, what, what are you talking about? What are you smoking? Because if you're smoking cigarettes, <sighs> If you look, if you're smoking cigarettes, see, this is what you got to realize. When you smoke a cigarette, the only reason people find smoking cigarettes pleasant is because of the nicotine. That, that's just my opinion. It's, it's the nicotine. You like the taste of the nicotine. You understand what I'm saying? But with the cigars, it's, it's a different thing. It's, it's a different experience. You feel what I'm saying? It's it's a different experience. And plus on top of that, a cigar, that's not something you're gonna smoke every day. Which is why if you collect them, you need a um, humidor to keep them fresh. Because the purpose of the humidor is if you go, if you go to a cigar shop and you get some sticks today, you put them in your humidor week from now, month from now, you want to smoke the cigar, not only see the purpose of the humidor is not only to keep them fresh, but it's also to age them. You feel what I'm saying? It's it's like it's kind of it's kind of similar to like back in the day I wanted to learn about wine, right? This is when I was, I want to say I was in my, it was like 28, 29. I wanted to learn more about wine. So, you know, I actually went to a couple wine tastings to try to figure out which type of wine that I liked. And I was amazed at how much information and how much goes into the entire process. You know what I'm saying? Like if you if you go to if you go to Walmart to buy your wine, 
you're not a wine connoisseur, okay? You're not a wine connoisseur. If you go to a regular cigarette shop to get your cigarettes, you're not to get your cigars. You're not a you're not a cigar connoisseur. You feel me? But you know, like I said, I went to the I went to the shop, and the moment I walked in the shop, cause like you know, when I lived in Greensboro, there was a shop that I went to, but it wasn't it didn't have and it had a pretty good selection. But it wasn't like the place that I went to today. The place that I went to today had a really wide selection of uh, cigars. Really wide selection. And I said, cool. I said, I'll grab a couple of sticks today, but I'll wait until I actually um, season this um, humidor before I go and get a bunch of them, you know. Yeah, crew, you're right. Whiskey is the same way you can age it. Crew said, AM, you got apple pie whiskey out there? Nah. Nah. 023 said, just because you're a boss. Appreciate it. No, I don't have any... I don't have any apple pie whiskey. I got a nice little... I got a nice little selection. this because Officer Faulkner recommended it. I don't like it. He said it was smoother than Hennessy, but it wasn't. It it kind of, you know, it I don't know. It wasn't as smooth as Hennessy in my opinion. 
You know what I'm saying? It wasn't as smooth as Hennessy. So I don't really like it. You feel me? So it's just been sitting over there. Of course, I got Baileys. I love me some Baileys. You feel me? Like I told you guys, I mixed the Baileys with a little bit of Kahlua. Put a little Kahlua in there. You feel me? Got a little bit of hypnotic. I've had this for a while because I got to be in the mood for hypnotic. Sometimes I mix it with the Hennessy, make some incredible halt. You feel me? I've got some French vanilla Syrah. I'm almost done with that. Oh, my girl is almost done with it because she likes that. My girl also likes the Smirnoff Whipped. Haven't cracked that open yet. So I've been working on this one. And this is not really expensive. The, these only cost like $12, I think. But it's really good. It tastes really good to mix with stuff. The uh, Smirnoff Whipped Cream. Tastes awesome with like orange soda. And then, of course, of course, I've got the Hennessy. I cracked it open the other day. I haven't drunk any yet. I started to drink some the other day. I cracked it open, but I was like, then I changed my mind. I just wanted to drink like some white, some white liquor. So I didn't drink it. And I went, I went to the liquor store. I wanted the Ciroc, um, I wanted the Ciroc watermelon. I think it's watermelon, but they were completely sold out of it. The guy said they sold out the same day. So I didn't get that, but I got the, I got the Ciroc red berry. You feel me? I haven't cracked that open yet. But I got the Ciroc red berry. Cause sometimes I'll, sometimes I'll get in the mood for some Ciroc or whatever. But my sister was coming to visit and she came to visit for, she was here for the past couple of days. And you know, the, my bar had got little, had gotten a little low. So, you know, I was like, let me go grab some drinks just in case. I said, man, I'm I'm not really feeling the uh I'm not really feeling the Martell. He said AM you tried Hennessy VSOP. I haven't tried that yet. Yeah, I haven't tried that yet. I looked at it the other day. I looked at it the other day because it comes in a black bottle, right? The um, Hennessy VSOP, that comes in a black bottle, if I'm not mistaken, right?
You said Hennessy is harsh. I don't know. I'm I'm used to it. You know what? I tell you what a I tell you what a a alternative to Hennessy, in my opinion. In my opinion, um, I like the the one smooth brown liquor that I used to drink back in the day was Crown Royal. Crown Royal, maybe. Maybe Cavassier. Not really big on Cavassier, but Crown Royal was always way smoother. And Crown Royal is not a like I have to be careful with Hennessy. Because Hennessy Hennessy is is the liquor that kind of puts you in the mood to want to fight. You know what I'm saying? Crown Royal never did that. Crown Royal seems to have like a much more uh, smooth, you know, laid back kind of vibe to it. You know? Jack Daniel Honey Whiskey. I never had that. I, ne I never really had any Jack Daniels. I'm not really a whiskey guy, you know? Not really a whiskey guy. I never had Jack Daniels. I always thought about trying it, but I never had it. Like, I don't know. I think Jack Daniels gets a bad name. You said Crown is whiskey? Is it really? Is it? I haven't had Crown in a while. Hen is whiskey? Is it? Is it really? I'm sorry. I'm having a dumb moment, y'all. <laughs> I'm having a... The kid, Hennessy is cognac. Cognac isn't the same thing as whiskey, is it? You said Crown is Canadian whiskey. Okay, probably... You know, I it's been a minute since I drank some Crown. I didn't really, nigga. I used to just drink shit. <laughs> I didn't really, I didn't really know. Look, let me tell you something. Back in the day, I used to just drink shit, and it's been a minute since I drunk. Like I haven't drunk any Crown Royal since I was in my early twenties. Real shit. I haven't drunk any Crown Royal since I was in my early twenties. You know what I'm saying? He said, cognac is whiskey? I don't know, crew. I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to fact check that, bruh. You might be right. I, look, I'm not, look, when it comes to liquor, I just know what I like. I'm not a liquor connoisseur. Like, I don't know how they make the liquor, what it is, and all that. I don't really know. I thought, exactly, I thought cognac was cognac. I, I thought they were separate. Like, because they don't put, like, here's the thing. This is what I don't understand. <laughs> cognac. Cognac and whiskey. They don't even, like, okay, when I go to the liquor store, here we have, the, we have ABC stores, right? When I go to the ABC store, the whiskey is separate from the cognac. They don't put those together. They don't put those together. 
They seem to put everything together. Like, they put the vodka with the vodka. You know what I'm saying? They put the cognac with the cognac. They put the whiskey with the whiskey. They don't have all of that together. So I'm like, like, we got the package store, but Hennessy is brandy. Thought Hennessy was cognac. What are you talking about, crew? <laughs> have you been, have you been drinking tonight, crew? <laughs> have you been drinking tonight, bro? <laughs> A zero. 23 said whiskey is made from corn. Okay. Cognac is from grapes and whiskey is from grain. Okay. I, I got to take y'all's word for it. I really don't know how whiskey and all of that is made. I never really I never really uh, I never really looked into that. So they always want to drink some moonshine. Yeah, I know old heads. That's all they want to drink, too, is moonshine. <laughs> yes, I have been drinking. It's Friday. Okay, calm down. It's all right. It's all right. You've grown. Ain't nobody going to judge you for drinking. Unless you're drinking some cheap shit. Are you drinking some cheap shit? Are you drinking some cheap shit, crew? Tell the truth. Are you drinking some cheap shit? Hmm? I thought I heard a cutter in the background. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you heard in the background. That's what you heard in the background. That's what you heard in the background. Azira, I believe Jack Daniels have their own cornfields. See, y'all gonna make me try Jack Daniels. Y'all gonna make me try it. I never knew anybody that drunk Jack Daniels, though. Like, where I come from, like, Jack Daniels is considered a, like an old person's drink. You know what I'm saying? Like, like where I come from, Jack Daniels is considered like an older person's drink. You feel me? Because, like, I was, matter of fact, I had the same conversation with my girl the other day when I was in the liquor store. We were going, you know, I was looking through, um, I was looking through everything, and I said, why does Jack Daniels get... Like, where I come from, Jack Daniels kind of gets a bad rap. I said, why does Jack Daniels get a bad rap? It's top shelf liquor. I mean, it's top shelf whiskey. Like, it's it's not, it, it doesn't look like it's cheap. You said it's a classic Irish drink. I might have to try it. I'm going to try it. Next time, next time I go to the liquor store, I'm going to get a bottle of Jack Daniels. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. I started to get some tank. 
uh, Tanqueray. I started to get that, you know, in the green bottle. And the guy, the guy, one of the guys that worked there told me he didn't like it. He said it sucked. You feel me? He said it sucked. Have any of y'all drank that? Tanqueray? Y'all like Tanqueray? Oh, yeah, Seagram's Gin with some orange juice. What? What? Fucking, man, Seagram's Gin with some with some orange juice, nigga. <laughs> I think that was the first thing, like, when I was, when I was young, that was one of the first things we, we started drinking. When I first started drinking, that was one of the first things. Like we would, we would either drink, we would either take shots of the gin, or we would mix it. Like we'd get a bottle of gin and go get like a little small bottle of orange juice, drink some of the orange juice out of it, and then pour the gin in there. Paul Masson, oh my God, Paul Masson is so rough though. Paul Masson is rough. I've gotten into a lot of trouble fucking with Paul Masson. Paul Mason. <laughs> Paul Mason. We, we be calling this shit Paul Mason, Paul Masson, fucking E and J. Some people say Irk and Jerk. Some people say Jesus, Jesus. You feel me? <laughs> For real. In, in, in VA, niggas call that, that, that E and J. We call that Irk and Jerk. God damn it. It eases Jesus. You feel me? Christian brothers. <laughs> Yo, we used to just drink shit. We didn't look. Nah, we ain't fuck with that Cisco. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We ain't fuck with we, all of that shit. Cisco fucking Mad Dog 2020. They call that shit Mad Dog 2020. Um... Our Wild Irish Rose, Thunderbird. We didn't fuck with that shit. We didn't fuck with that shit. That's that's cheap. That's some cheap shit. Travis Brown said Jack Daniels and Delta Blues. <laughs> oh, yeah. Paul Masson to get you in a world of trouble. Paul Masson to get you in a world of trouble. Oh, yeah, Cisco is definitely crack. <laughs> this shit is definitely crack. <laughs> definitely crack. See, when it comes to, when it comes to like, stuff like that, you, you find out real fast, like, real shit. All you got to do is sit back and watch what a man's poisons are. You can tell a lot about them just based on those things. You know what I'm saying? You could you could tell a lot about a guy based on the type of cigarettes he smokes, um, the type of beer he drinks, the type of liquor he drinks. You can tell a lot about him. You could tell a lot about him, like real shit, real shit. Like if you like, fans, I'll give you a prime example. If you drink, as far as beer, if you drink Steel Reserve. I will seriously question whether or not you're a crackhead. If you drink that steel reserve or that fucking, what's that other shit? 
that motherfuckers be drinking. What's that shit? That hurt that hurricane shit? If you drink any of that bullshit, I I will seriously debate whether or not you're you're a fucking crackhead. Two eleven, yeah, all of that bullshit. All of that bullshit. Now if you now if you go and and you go get beer and you be like, hey man, I'm going to grab some beer or whatever. And let's say you you grab some Heineken's or Corona or something like that. Like I I can fuck with you, I can fuck with you. But if you go if you go get some beer and you come back, I'll even fuck with you if you get Bud Light. Like if you get Bud Light, you feel me? Like Bud Light, not Budweiser, Bud Light, right? Oh man, fuck Blue Moon. That is the nastiest tasting shit. I've ever tasted in my life, man. Oh, yes. Bud Light Platinums. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, brother. See, now, now you're talking my language. <laughs> Bud Light Platinums. Them joints is the shit. The ones in the blue bottle, right? The ones in the blue bottle, right? Hell yes. Sierra J. Brake Baker did not donate ten dollars. <laughs> like, what you thought? Cause you typed that in there, I was gonna think you donated ten dollars. It didn't even highlight. What are you doing? <laughs> you did not donate ten dollars. Cut that shit out. <laughs> he said ginger ale and water, sober as fuck. <laughs> Hey man, to each his own. Ain't nothing wrong with being sober. Sober is being awesome. Sober, sober is awesome. But having a nice little buzz is awesome too. That's awesome too, for real. Right, I'm gonna tell you right now, there's nothing better than a nice cigar. A nice cigar. And a glass of fine cognac. You feel me? Nothing better. So y'all keep talking. Y'all gonna make me take a drink at 3.30 in the morning. It's 3.30 in the morning. Y'all gonna make me take a drink at 3.30 in the morning. God damn it. Mm-hmm. Yo, somebody, uh, somebody, go ahead and boot Sierra J Baker out of here. Go ahead and boot uh, Sierra J up out of here. Yeah, holla at your boy. Um, yeah, y'all gonna make me mess around, take a drink, drink and talk shit and pass out. So take a shot for the chat. Do I got any shot glasses here? I don't think I got any shot glasses. Why the fuck didn't I buy shot glasses? Well, fuck it. I'll tell you what. I don't got no shot glasses. 
But I do got some glasses. Stainless steel ice cubes. Guess what I had in here? Guess what I had in here? Can y'all guess? Can y'all guess what was in here? The Don said, have a shot on me, pimp. Appreciate you. Guess what I had in here? Nope. Not moonshine. The F you ain't selling shot glasses, especially with Hennessy Tuesday. <laughs> I don't know. I, I gotta go get some shot glasses. But um, no. Um, my girl bought these because around the holidays, like uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, she makes coquito. Coquito is awesome. That shit is good. Nigga, this is good. Any of you, any of you that have a Latin girlfriend, if she don't make coquito, she is basic, nigga. Real shit. Let's see what I want to drink. Let's drink some Ciroc. Let's drink some Ciroc, goddamn it. some Ciroc and talk some shit. 
interesting story. So I was at my cousin's house one day. I was at Big Cuz's house. And my cuz is a boss. Like, this nigga's the boss of all bosses, my nigga. Julius Minor said a little something on the shot since I don't drink. Hey, hey man, I appreciate you. But my cousin is one of the, he's a boss for real, like real talk. Like, he the type of dude, you you go out with him somewhere, he gonna pay for everything. You you even try to reach in your pocket, he gonna, he gonna talk shit to you, right? So one day, I'm at his house. We all at his house. We sitting at the kitchen table talking shit. And he's like, shit, y'all, I got some Ciroc. Let's crack open the Ciroc. So he goes and he gets one of these bottles, right? And it's a bunch of us in there. It's a bunch of us sitting at the table, running our mouth, talking shit, right? And, you know, he cracks it open and passes it around, you know, gives everybody a glass. And when he gives everybody a glass... It didn't take too long before we made short work of that bottle. And, you know, I kind of felt cheated because I was like, shit, that won't enough to go around. And cuz like, what's wrong? The bottle almost gone? I was like, yeah, man, that joint almost gone. He gets up and walks back in the other room and comes back with another goddamn bottle. I said, shit. Nigga, what, how many bottles you got in there? You hit me with the, you, you remember too short on, on, um, you remember too short on, um, on Minister Society? Remember when he said to him, he's like, damn fool, how much y'all got back there? You know, little something, little something, you know what I'm saying? Stainless steel cubes in there, goddammit. Oh, nigga, you ain't the only one trying to be like him. All of us been trying to be like him, you feel me? But that's the OG. That nigga have money for days, nigga. I ain't gonna say how he get money, but that nigga don't play, nigga. Drive... Drive a big-ass diesel. You ever see niggas driving those big-ass fucking... You got a big-ass black diesel pickup truck, nigga. Amongst other vehicles. Amongst other vehicles. But, you know what I'm saying? Do his damn thing. You feel me? Type of nigga you go with him somewhere. Like, you go with him somewhere like to the beach or something. <sighs> I'm talking about, nigga, you would think, you would think you was hanging out with a fucking rapper or some shit, nigga. Real shit. But, you know, nigga, you be hanging out with him and shit, you be like, yeah, nigga, we about to eat like kings, goddammit. Go out to a fucking restaurant, you go to Joe's Crab Shack or something, be like, shit, order whatever, nigga. Get finished, nigga. Pay for everybody. You know what I'm saying? On some, on some, you know, AZ on some AZ Phazon shit. On some 
rich porter type shit, nigga. Just pay for everybody, nigga. You like shit, nigga. But that's the type of dudes, you know what I'm saying? That's the type of dudes that when I was a teenager that I came up around, you know what I'm saying? Boss type niggas, you know, that coolest people you ever want to chill with. But don't get it twisted. Nigga's still a monster. Nigga's still a monster. Still a monster. Nigga been shot. Nigga been shot like, I think, 11 times. 11 fucking times over his lifetime. One time he got shot up. One time he got shot up. Um, he had to learn how to walk again. Had to learn how to walk again and shit. But, um... Real dude. Solid dude, you know? He doing a bid right now. He doing a bid right now, unfortunately. Doing a bid right now. A lot of people suffering because of that, too. Come from that era. That era where niggas be living that life. You feel me? I never really was... I never really was cut out for that life. You know what I'm saying? Like I I dabbled in it, but I, I didn't want to be one of those dudes that was constantly going in and out, you know what I'm saying? Going in and out of the freaking system and having to deal with all of that goofy shit, people trying to rob you and you know, all of that dumb shit. You feel me? All of that stupid shit. It's really messed up because, you know, when I was still in VA, you know, his girl would come to the barbershop and bring his son, um, you know, my little cousin, bring him up there to get his hair cut. He looked like, he looked like the mini version of him, you know, looked just like him, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, let me not get all somber. Reminiscing and shit. But yeah, there there's there's really no there's really no fixing the community. As much as we would love to, as much as a lot of us would love to. A lot of us would you know, I'm pretty sure the majority of us, if we could just wave a magic wand, fix the community, you know, fix all of the shit, we would do it. We would do it. But you probably wouldn't get no praise for it. You probably, you know, if you if you wave the magic wand and fix the community, niggas would probably be like, well, you didn't do it fast enough. Or niggas would be like, well, when you was waving the magic wand, you, you could have fixed it so we all was rich too. Like, it's, it's always going to be, it's going to be something, you know what I'm saying? It's gonna be something. It's gonna be something that you didn't do right. That's that's what I found. Being a black man, you can't do anything right. Doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't really matter what you do. 
You're, you're not going to be, you're not going to be appreciated while you're living. You're going to do for people and then they're going to turn around and, and talk shit to you like you didn't just do for them. Like real shit. Like right now, there's, there's certain people in my life that I help. You know, they hit me up. You know what I'm saying? I think, what's what's the little young rap dude's name? Yellow Beezy. That's his name. He got a video where he talk about how people ask him for help all the time because like if you if you start to do well that's the only really messed up part about coming from the hood or coming from the black community where most of the people around you are not successful most of the people around you don't even make 30,000 a year you know what i'm saying the moment that you, if you, if you pass that shit, like let's say for argument's sake, you get to, uh, you know, 70,000, 100,000, 250,000 a year. Let's say that you start getting to that type of income. The jacked up part is, is so many people in the black community don't even come close, don't even get close to that type of money. So what ends up happening is they all look to you. They all lean on you. They all expect you to, to, to help, you know. And you might even genuinely want to help. But the problem is it, it gets to the point where it becomes entitlement. You know what I'm saying? It, it stops being, man, I really appreciate this too. Why don't you do it? You got it. It turns into that. It turns into that, which, which is really goofy. You know, and I'm not even talking about friends. I'm not even talking about people that you know that's acquaintances. I'm talking about your family. I'm talking about people that you're related to. You feel what I'm saying? I'm talking about people you're related to, you know? They know you got it. I'm going to blow Like, on the little video that uh, Yellow Beezy did, you know, he was... While he's doing the video, he's showing, like, he's having on the screen pop up, like, little text messages. Hey, man, can I, can I borrow one of your cars for such and such? Hey, man, uh, can you, can you send me so-and-so, man? I'm trying to, I'm trying to pay my, you know, pay, pay this, pay this bill. Yo, man, can I borrow some of your gear, like, your gear that you don't, that you don't use anymore? Can I get it? You know what I'm saying? Shit like that goofy shit like that and the fucked up thing is you know people hit you up and ask you for something and you be the type of nigga that be like yeah I got you don't even worry about it and then they turn around and they don't even fucking they don't even fucking appreciate it man the fucked up thing is like most people they have they have a perception of you they have a perception of who you are. So let's say for argument's sake that when you were younger, you used to get into trouble or you used to do shit that they didn't agree with, but you overcame those odds. You feel what I'm saying? And you actually made something out of your life. It, it doesn't matter what you've accomplished. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter if you become a boss. They still are going to continue to view you as... That same little nigga that didn't have shit. 
That's the fucked up part. You know what I'm saying? Shadra Kursa. I think that's how you pronounce that. We need some Hakogi at niggas building in the future. <laughs> Rob B, appreciate you. But yeah, like, they still view you as a nigga that, you know, I remember, I remember, um, I had got this really, I had got this really nice job in corporate America, right? And at the time, I had a, I had a 90, I had a 90 something Chevy Lumina, right? Was it a 90 something? Yeah, I think it was like a 95, 96 Chevy Lumina. Now at the time when I got that car, I didn't have a vehicle, right? And my pops told me, hey, there's this, 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 this uh, vehicle at the shop. It's basically what my pops used to do. My pops was a mechanic. So he would be at shops and the way the shops work is they have what's called a mechanic's lien, right? So if somebody comes there and they get their car diagnosed and they want the car fixed, you feel me? If they go through it, if they go ahead and fix the car and then you don't want to pay because of the mechanic's lien, they can keep the car, right? So a lot of the shops, they'll have cars sitting behind the shop that they fixed and they'll sell them, right? Well, there was this one car that had a blown head gasket, right? And, you know, my pops is like a third-generation mechanic. I'm a fourth-generation mechanic. I can actually work on cars and shit. I just don't like doing it. But um, he said, yeah, this is Chevy Lumina that has a blown head gasket, right? And he was like, we can get it and fix it, and then you can pretty much have it. I was like, well, how much do they want for it? He's like, they want $400 for it, right? So we get the car and fix the car. And I swear to you, I drove that car for years. I think I drove that car for like, I want to say I drove that car for like five or six years without having any problems out of it. And um, when I got this job in corporate America, I was still driving the Chevy Lumina. And I wanted... I went to this dealership and I seen this BMW, really nice BMW, right? And at first when I went to that dealership, I was going to buy a Lexus. I seen this LS400 that I wanted, burgundy joint, real nice. And I was going to buy that car. I went and looked at it. And then the next day, um, I went back to get the car and he had sold it. Somebody had bought it cash or whatever. So, you know, he was going to jump on that, right? So, he said, hey, but I got this BMW. You want to test drive it? The BMW was a 3, 325XI, um, all-wheel drive joint. And I had never driven a BMW. I wasn't really a BMW guy, you know what I'm saying? I had been in a BMW before, but I didn't like it. I really didn't like it. It, I, uh, it, it seemed too basic to me, right? And it seemed kind of like, you know, the BMW 3 Series, and there isn't a whole lot of space in them, you know? So 
you know, I'm like, eh. He was like, well, just test, test drive it. Test drive it and see if you like it, right? So I get in the car to test drive it. Now, I'm used to driving this Chevy Lumina, right? And, you know, I want a car to go. When I, when I get in that motherfucker and I pull off, I want it to pull off, right? So I'm so used to driving this Chevy Lumina, right? That when I get into this BMW and I get ready to pull out of the parking lot, that motherfucker took the fuck off. I mean, I barely put my foot on the gas and that shit went from zero to fucking 60 and like 2.5. And I was like, holy shit. Holy shit, right? I drive down and I pull up in this parking lot and I literally got out of the car just to admire the motherfucker. I said, what the fuck, right? I said, I gotta have this car. I gotta have this fucking car. So I went back to the dealership. I said, yo, get the paperwork ready. I gotta have it, right? So I get the car. He tells me how much I got to put down. So what he wanted me to put down, I had half of the money. So I gave him half the money. And I said, tell you what, I can give you half of the money right now and I'll give you the rest at the end of the week, right? For the down payment. So he's like, okay, cool. You know, he worked with me or whatever. So <laughs> I immediately went back to the crib. And at the time, I had, you know, my Chevy Lumina, I had been in an accident. So the bumper and the front fender, like the, um, the I want to say the pass, no, the driver's side fender, fender well was messed up, right? So I was like, damn, I need to sell this car so that I can get the money, you feel? Because I don't get paid again until I think the two weeks from then. So I'm like, I gotta sell this car so that I can get this money and take this money up here to him. So I went to, out here we have like, uh, what's called LKQ. It's like, a, it's like a freaking junkyard or whatever. You go in there, you, um, you pay a little bit of money to go in there. And I found a, um, I found a gray Chevy Lumina because the one I had was white. And that particular model of Chevy Lumina, they always had issues with the paint um, peeling or whatever. But I found this uh, gray Chevy Lumina, right? And so I took the fender well off of it and the bumper. And I bought the fender well and the bumper. And I, I went back home and I took the other bumper off the other fender well off and it was great but by the time I got finished with it the car looked nice right and I put it on Craigslist I ended up selling that car for $700 so I bought the car for $400 I drove it for like five or six years and then I turned around and sold it for $700 right and I got that BMW and I'm telling you right now I was in love with that fucking car I was in love. In fact, recently, uh, recently, I've actually been looking at getting another uh, BMW. I actually went and test drove a couple the other day, but, you know, I didn't like the... I was trying to talk the guy down, but the guy wouldn't really come down on the price. 
and I felt like it wasn't really, you know, I felt like it wasn't really worth it, the price that he was asking. So I said, well, you know what? Screw it. I'll just try somewhere else. But really, the reason I couldn't make up my mind, because I test drove a 5 Series and I test drove a 328. 328. Um, and it's fucked up because I'm torn. Like the 5 Series, the 5 Series doesn't take off like the 3 Series. The 5 Series... The 5 Series doesn't take off like that, but it has more room. It's roomier. Like, I was feeling, like, inside, I was feeling the roominess. You know what I'm saying? I was loving the roominess of it. I test drove that first, and I was like, this, you know, this is cool. I like this. But then, <laughs> then the M5s are too much. Every time I see an M5, they want too much for it. But um, it was a white 5 Series. Test drove that. Loved it. Then I come back to the dealership, and he has this dark green 3 Series. And I'm looking at it like, let me test drive the, 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 the 3 Series, right? 328, right? I get in that motherfucker and it was like deja vu. I took off in that bitch and I was like, I got to get another three series. I have to. I have to get another three series. I got to. I got to. There's no way around that shit. There's absolutely no way around that shit. I want, I want a car that's got more room, but I said, fuck it. You know what I'll do? What I'll do is I'll get the three series and really what I want. I'm going to tell you what I really want. I'm going to tell you what I really want. I want a three series and to have a vehicle with more room. I want really I want two vehicles. I want a three series and I want a I want a Range Rover. That's the two vehicles I want. I want a BMW 3 Series and a Range Rover. That's really what I want. That's really what I want. I think I'm going to... But see, the fucked up thing about it is... With these cars and shit... I want to get a house. And everybody keeps telling me that I should get the house before I get the car. Or before I finance the cars. I should get the house first. You know what I'm saying? So. You know. It's, it's like a little catch 22. My sister. <laughs> my baby sister beat me to the punch. She's actually. She came here to visit. She's actually. She actually. This is what's messed up. This is what's messed up. My mother hit me up one day need my help right the reason why was because the the buildings next to her in her apartment complex caught on fire right now my sister lives in the same apartment complex or she did live in the same apartment complex not even a month later 
her building caught on fire. Now, everybody was able to get out of the apartments and stuff, but the fire pretty much destroyed everything. And what it didn't destroy, it, it fucked up the, uh, you know, the, the, the smoke fucked everything up. So, you know, my sister had renter's insurance, of course, and they gave her they gave her some money like they gave her they gave her some stacks or whatever right no she lives in va they gave her some stacks and shit right so i'm sitting there wondering what she's going to do with the money i'm like i hope she don't blow the money or whatever i hope she you know does something with the money and she actually went and bought a house like she's about to close on her freaking house and shit I was like, oh, shit. She took the money and went and bought a house. That's what's up. That's what's up. And she beat me to the fucking punch. <laughs> she beat me to the fucking punch and shit, right? She beat me to the punch. But my house will be bigger than hers, though. <laughs> but, yeah, man, that shit was fucked up. I had just spoke to her, too, like... I just spoke to her like an hour before the shit happened. And supposedly, I think what happened was somebody in the building was like barbecuing or some shit, doing some shit they wasn't supposed to be doing. And, you know, caused the fucking buildings to catch on fire and shit. Which is fucked up. You know what I'm saying? I know it scared the hell out of them. I actually have a, like, our aunt, uh, my mother's uh, sister. She actually died in a house fire a few a couple a few years back. So I know that shit scared the fuck out of them. You know what I'm saying? I know that shit scared the fuck out of them. But um Yeah, that shit is cool. But yeah, everybody that I talk to, you know, every time I've mentioned something about buying a house, everybody says the same thing, like, yo, buy the by, you know, finance a house first before you finance a car or whatever, you know, so, and I understand why, you feel me, but I gotta, I gotta get me another fucking three series, man. He said, over here where I live, certain apartments stay getting burnt up. You, you know what I think that is? See, the Don said my two aunts, my two aunts died in one four years ago in Detroit. Yeah, I you know what? I think this is what I think, honestly. I think some of the older buildings, you know what I'm saying? Some of like the older apartments or the older houses and stuff. I think they have, you know, shit in those houses that are just flammable as fuck. Or it's bad wiring or some shit. You know, like truth be told, there's a there's a lot of shit out here that should be condemned. Like they should just tear the shit down and rebuild new shit. You know. On New Hope Road, Raleigh, not trying to give up my address. Damn, son. You on New Hope? That's what's up. Shit, you better keep, I'm going to tell you right now, if, if that's some shit you own, 
keep that shit, nigga. The fucking, the, the real estate value is only going up out here. I'm trying to buy something probably on, you know, down further on Falls in the Noose. There's some sick-ass houses down there. There's some sick-ass houses down there, like, for real. Like, shit, New Hope, New Hope Road, that's, that's kind of like my area. That's, you know, I went to Millbrook. I went to Millbrook. You know, I spent I spent most of my time in 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 that whole area. You feel what I'm saying? Like, you know, I don't know how long you've been here. I don't know how long you've been out here. What age bracket are you in? Are you um you a Gen Xer? Behold 76, you a Gen Xer? Forty two. Oh shit. So then you know have you been out here? You been out here for um You been out here since like since like the nineties? Cause if you've been out here since the nineties, I can I can bring up shit. You probably know what I'm talking about. For real. Said you've been here 10 years. Okay. 10 years. And that's that's 2009. Okay. Well, some of the stuff I would talk about predates that. But yeah, I've, I've been here. I've been here on and off since, you know, I was a teenager. Since I was a teenager and shit. But yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy what they're doing downtown. Like, they're building a bunch of shit downtown. Like, that's really where I would I would love to find like a, I would love to buy a house downtown. But I know that shit would be ridiculous. I would love to get one of those houses this downtown, like really close to downtown. Like, I would love to get one of them houses downtown. Like, they're down there building all of those loft apartments and shit. In fact, I started to get an apartment, you know, over in North Hills where they, um, where where the movie theater is at, over there near the, the, the Bank of America building and shit. Like, I, start, I started to get a spot over there. There's, there's some apartments over there that are really nice. But the fucking price tag on them motherfuckers is crazy. I started to get a place over there and um, they got these apartments called Park Central. Them shits is crazy. Oh yeah, them joints are nice. They got the, I think it's on the fourth floor, the fourth or the fifth floor. They actually got the pool on the fifth floor where you go out and you can sit on the pool and you can literally see the the Raleigh skyline and shit. Yeah, I started. The only reason I didn't only reason I don't get a place over there is because, you know, they they got three bedrooms, but them shits are small as hell. Them shits are small. It's just not big enough. <laughs> 
You feel me? And then on top of that, I'm trying to get into the I'm trying to get into the real estate market before the before the cost of everything. Cause I'd say in the next ten years, the next ten freaking years, like you said you went by there two days ago? Or yeah, in the next ten years, um yeah, Raleigh is on the rise. Like if you own any property out here, or if you able to buy property out here, that shit is going to be, the price is just going up. You feel me? The prices are just going up. Up, 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 up. And that's my thing. I want to, I want to get some, I want to get some rental properties for real. I want to get some rental properties and, and make some money. Because, like, out here, you get some rental properties, like, you get a duplex or something like that. You know what I'm saying? At the very least, you, you're getting a stack for each unit. At the very least. At the very least, you're getting a stack for each unit. Anywhere from a stack to, you know, $1,200, $1,300. For real. That ain't no bad, that ain't no bad piece of change right there, nigga. Real shit. And what kind of industries are in Raleigh? Oh shit, Raleigh, we got, we got the Research Triangle Park. We got, you know, we, the medical is like, if you're, if you're in STEM, you can get you a good ass job out here. If you're in the STEM field, you can get you a good ass job out here. Like real shit. If you're in STEM, you can get you a good ass job. You said nice watch. Oh, this is a in Invicta. This is an Invicta. This is an Invicta. But yeah, if you can get if, if you're in if you're in the STEM field, you can get you a really good paying job out here. And and out here is nice, like a lot of people, a lot of people when they come to North Carolina, you know, they instantly want to go to Charlotte. And I guess they want to go to Charlotte because Charlotte has the stadium, you know, it has the it has the freaking football stadium and all of that good shit. But, you know, the only reason that they didn't put the stadium out here is because they didn't have the capacity to hold a you know a large number of people they didn't have enough hotels and shit so say for argument's sake they had the super bowl which they did let's let's say for argument's sake they had the super bowl at the uh panther stadium 
if they would have had the stadium here in um, Raleigh, there wouldn't be an, there wouldn't be enough hotels and shit to accommodate all of the people. You know what I'm saying? So they had they put it in in Charlotte instead. But I can tell you some real shit. Like I've been to Charlotte, and in my personal opinion, Raleigh is much nicer than Charlotte. In my personal opinion, you know what I'm saying? That's just that's just my opinion. And the reason why I feel that way is because here in Raleigh, you got the perfect combination of the city and the country. You know, it's enough shit going on here to where you can find something to do, but it's slow enough to where you don't really have to worry about certain stupid shit going on. You feel me? Like, I go out places and shit. I don't really be worried about getting caught up into no dumb shit because you gotta you gotta really be looking for some dumb shit out here you you know you're not just gonna roll up on some dumb shit you're not you're not like you know in my experience out here you, you're not compared to some of the other cities i've lived in mm -mm. and then on top of that there's there's really nice areas here like you know, you have you have Briar Creek, which is a really nice area, super nice area. You feel me? Which is like Briar Creek is like if you get on if you get on seventy, which is Glenwood. Glenwood turns into seventy, and you head towards Durham right before you right before you get to Durham. You'll you know you're in the Briar Creek area. That's a really nice area. We also got Wakefield which you get on Capitol, US-1, and you go towards Wake Forest. Right before you get to Wake Forest, you um you get to Wakefield, which is another really nice area, really nice schools and shit. And like I said, they're building up downtown, you know. Uh, overdose, he said, new sub, I enjoy the content. Appreciate you, fam. Um, he said, Raleigh is nice, but hardly any culture, in my opinion. Well, no, it, there, there isn't really. But see, that's the reason why I like it. That's the reason why I like it, because it, there's you don't have a lot of fanatical shit going on here. There isn't a bunch of super pro-black people here, but there also isn't a bunch of super white supremacist people. There's like a mixture. You feel what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, it's just like a mixture. Like, you don't run into a lot of fanatics here. You feel me? It's 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 a real chill area. Like Raleigh used to be. Truth be told, Raleigh was a retirement area. A lot of people came here to to live their golden years, kind of like the way they do in Florida. You feel what I'm saying? But now that you know Raleigh has been on the the top ten cities to live in, Raleigh's been on that list for a few years running. Because it's, it's so much growth here. It's so much, uh, me personally, I feel like it's, I feel like Raleigh's turning into a little mini New York. And, and the reason why I say that is because, truth be told, Raleigh has become overpopulated. And, and, and they're constantly building to try to accommodate the, the, the population. They're constantly building... And, you know, eventually they're going to get to the point, they're going to kind of get to the point 
where like within the city limits of Raleigh, they're going to get to the point that New York got to, to where they can't build out anymore because, you know, everybody wants to be in the city. Everybody wants to be within the belt line. Um, what they're going to end up doing is they're going to start building up. You feel me? So, you know, and then on top of that, because of the fact you got US-1, which is, you know, if you're coming from New York and you're trying to go to Atlanta, you'll come through this area. So you have a lot of New Yorkers here. You have a lot of New Yorkers here. So, you know, and then on top of that, the the rent, the 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 cost of living here, as far as the rent, it's not too far from New York. Like, it's not. It's not. It's still got a ways to go, but it ain't that far from it. It ain't that far from it. Like, they got, they got some apartments in downtown Raleigh that uh, some of them shits is two and $3,000 a month. Like, real shit. Some, some of them joints is thousands of dollars a month, man. Like, all bullshitting aside, for real. But I like it. I think it's nice out here. I like it. I like it enough to not not to want to pursue anywhere else. Because if I really wanted to, I could go somewhere else. I could I could go to California. I could go to Florida. But I, I really, you know, I like it out here. I really don't want to go anywhere else. Which says a lot because I'm a globetrotter. You feel what I'm saying? I like I like to go other places. I like to go other places. I like to go other places, but you know, it's, it's gotten to the point. I've kind of made a home here. I've kind of made a home here. You know, I like it here. Some people don't, though. I ain't gonna lie. Some people don't. I find, because of the fact that there's a lot of New Yorkers here, a lot of people try to compare here to New York. And I tell them, you can't do that. New York is New York. Very few cities compared to New York. You got, you got some cities that kind of rival it. But New York is always going to be New York. You know, it, it, there's, there's really no... You really can't compare other cities to New York. You can't. It's it's a waste of time. You you have too much of a melting pot. You have too much of a melting pot. Um, and then in addition to that, New York is always on the edge of everything. So, you know, when it comes to fashion, when it comes to technology, when it comes to, you know, a lot of shit, New York is usually ahead of the game when it comes to, you know, that shit, they got fashion, all of that shit. You know, they got the fashion industry, they got the modeling industry, you know. Everybody wants to be there. You feel me? Everybody wants to be there. So because everybody wants to be there, the fucking rent, the cost of living there is ridiculous. You know what I'm saying?
Shit, boy. I'm starting to get sleepy. I think it's about time for me to take my ass to sleep. For real. about that time it's about that motherfucking time going in and take my motherfucking goofy ass to sleep said how's public transportation public transportation eh. public transportation it still it still has a lot to be desired um you have a bus system out here. It's not the most efficient bus system, in my opinion. It doesn't, like, out here doesn't have, we don't really have a really good public transportation system. But you don't really need one with Uber. Because if, if you live within, if you live inside of the Beltline, you pretty much can get anywhere you pretty much can get anywhere you need to go for anywhere from six to twelve dollars. You know, you pretty much can get anywhere you need to go for that price. So if you call an Uber between six to twelve dollars, you can pretty much get wherever you need to go. Yeah, the bus line could be much better out here. It could be much better, you know. But if you live in downtown Raleigh, now they got the little scooters, the little scooters you can rent. You know, you go on your phone on the app and you can rent them on your app. Like you, you, you literally, they have the scooters parked all over downtown and literally you can go up to the scooter. It's got a number on it. You turn on the app, you put the number in, you rent it so much for an hour and you can literally ride the scooters you know what I'm saying? Around and shit. So, you know, there's a lot of progressive stuff here. They should they should redo the they should do something about the bus system though. It should make it, you know. Me personally, I had a great idea. Um I said when they were building the belt line, they should have built the belt line where they had like a, a train system. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you said you can't be 42 on a scooter. I feel you. But yeah, I think they should have made a um they should have made some sort of trip some sort of uh train system for the belt line. That would have been awesome. That would be awesome if they made some sort of train system for the belt line. Anyway, man, let me get up out of here, man. Let me get up out of here. I will holler at you guys tomorrow. Um, I thought they were going to do that to train thing. Yeah, they talked about it. They fucking talked about it. But let's face it. Let's face it, fam. They, they talked about the train system. They haven't even fixed. They haven't even finished working on fucking Capitol Boulevard right before you get to downtown. They haven't even finished that shit. Like, they've been working on that shit for years. Like, they haven't even finished that, you know. 
So, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, it, what, what they should have did is they should have, they should stop wasting money on bullshit. Like, if you go downtown, they got, there's some sort of piece of artwork that they got. It, it's like a fucking, when you're going towards downtown, you're on Capitol Boulevard going straight. I don't even know if that piece of art is still right there. They may have taken it down. But it's like a fucking, it looked like a radio tower. It's got these little reflective things on it and shit. They spent a shitload of money for that goofy shit. I'm like, man, what the fuck you spend all, waste all of the money on that goofy ass shit for? You could be focusing, you could be putting that money towards something else. Because they've been working on, like right there when, you, when you're going, on, when you're on Capitol and you're going downtown, you pass the Wade Avenue exit and... You know, you get right before you get to downtown, there's like a U-Haul place over there or something. There's like this big red barn right there. Right there. Like, they've been working on that shit forever. What are they doing to the park near the bus depot? I don't know. They're, they're building a bunch of shit out there. I don't know. They're building a bunch of shit. I hadn't been down there in a while. The dealership that I went to go check out, the cars was near there. So when I went down there, I was looking around like, wow, they're really building shit. So I don't know. Only time will tell in the next five years we're going to see what they're doing. But anyway, I'm going to get up out of here, you guys. Uh, I'll be, I'll get back at you tomorrow. Um, check out what I got going on on Patreon. We get new patrons every day. Like I said, I'm going to start doing replays on Patreon. So go to patreon.com forward slash the angry man. Become a patron of the channel. You can become a patron from anywhere to a dollar to thirty dollars. You feel me? Go over there and become a patron. Um, friend me on Facebook at Angry Man Channel. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Angry Man Channel. Um, be sure to go to my website and sign up for the newsletter. So go to the AngryManChannel.com. Definitely sign up for the newsletter. Um, and if you want to shoot me an email, shoot me an email at asktheangryman at gmail.com. But I'm going to get back at you guys tomorrow.